Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, one and all, to the Future Tech Podcast. I am Alan Thomas, and today we have with us Dor Schooler of Intuition Robotics. How are you doing, Dor? Good, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, let's jump right into it. You know, t- tell us a little bit about yourself and about the company. What, what, what do you guys do? Sure. So I'm uh, one of three co-founders, and I'm the CEO of the company. This is uh, my fifth venture <laughs> coming out of a last stint uh, in uh, corporate America, if you will. Um, and we created Intuition Robotics in order to bring AI technologies to make devices a lot more intuitive um, um, and multimodal. Our, our first product is called LEQ, and its goal is to be the first proactive social robot designed for older adults. And what it does essentially, it's a physical product powered by our AI, and it allows older adults um, to have access to technology, um, it proactively nudges them to be more active and engaged, to learn new things. It helps them message with their family and uh, um, consume content on the internet and helps them manage their day all through a beautiful physical product that uh, Eve Bahar helps us with the design of. Um, yeah, that's what we're up to. Oh, wow. So uh, so it, it, it literally, so literally the focus here is would be on the boomers then, the baby boomers then. Correct, correct. You know, I mean, the phone I'm holding right now, right, I'm using an iPhone 8 here. The phone I have was designed for the 24 to 35 demographic. So no surprise that people that are 65 plus 
um, don't find it necessarily intuitive to use. And our ability to learn new things as we age definitely uh, exists, and older adults can learn anything, <clears throat> but it takes them more time and more effort. And the rate of change around us is ever increasing. So we believe that there is room for us to be a mediator, if you will, and create a beautifully designed experience that designed together with older adults. In fact, 150 older adults helped us in the design process. And because um, many older adults fall into loneliness and social isolation, having um, this proactive agent in their home that helps them meet their own goals of learning new things and getting out of the house and staying sharp and connecting to their family and all of those things has actually really important benefits in pushing out dementia, um, other types of heart disease, and um, just reducing stress and helping helping people stay healthy. Wow! And so and so, LEQ. Let me ask you how. So so, what's the size of the of the unit? I mean, I'm, I'm picturing if I'm picturing it in in someone's home. Right. So um, if your listeners would go to leq.com, they can see it. Basically, it's usually positioned on the end table in the living room between two couches, and it will take about a quarter of the real estate. So it's relatively small. It's about 12 inches in its widest area, and it becomes like a triangle in the back to save space. And it has two parts. It has this kind of lamp-shaped almost device, which moves because when we communicate as humans, body language is a huge part of the way we communicate. So it moves and uses lots of means of communication that make it very intuitive. And next to it is a screen. And that screen is removable. It's controlled by LEQ. And we use that screen in order to show family pictures, to do video chats, to show interesting videos, et cetera. And really what we're after is when you, when you think of how we communicate with computers today, it's always us learning how to communicate with the machine. We learn first how to code and then how to uh, click and how to swipe and recently how to give command by voice, but it's always a command. And really, if you look at the way humans communicate with each other, Voice is only supposedly, according to experts, about 10% of the human interaction. And normally we don't click and swipe <laughs> when we talk to each other. So we're attempting to create an AI which is just more intuitive to understand and learns how to communicate with humans instead of humans learning how to communicate with a machine. Uh, so so it, it will be learning us versus the other way around, like you said, how it usually is. Correct. And so what what's uh, what is it in your background that, that – kind of brought you to this point to wanting to bring this out to market? Well, what is it that kind of inspired inspired this? Yeah, so I guess I've been pretty lucky that every five years or so, I had the opportunity to completely reinvent myself. <laughs> um, so my oh. first startup back in, in the year 2000 was doing uh, interactive radio through voice recognition, which is kind of brave for where the technology was <laughs> at the time. And then I moved to cybersecurity, and then I, I built devices for, uh, for Bell Labs, and then I was a corporate long for a while, and then I did um, a cloud computing. I built up a cloud computing business for Alcatel-Lucent. Um, and in each of those adventures, I learned something new, and I, I always try to create a venture which couldn't be possible technically up until that point. And when my co-founders and I decided to create this company, there were a few driving principles for us. The first was we wanted a positive impact company. We wanted not just to do another B2B um, startup, we've done multiple times before, but really to affect people's lives and try to improve it. And on the second, we wanted to look at technologies that just became available or we believe would become available soon that will allow us to create something that wasn't possible until that point. 
And here was a combination. On one side, this huge issue of the aging population around the world and this, this epidemic, frankly, of about 50% of older adults being lonely and isolated and all the problems that, that generates to the healthcare system and to modern society, together with new cloud services, which allow us to sit on the shoulders of giants and have um, voice recognition technologies and computer vision technologies and so on available as a building block. So we don't need to build those anymore, although we do some of it, especially on the vision side, but we can actually rise to the next level of fusing together sensory inputs, of building context, and creating a decision-making system which is controlled by the AI through something called cognitive computing that will allow us to create a fully autonomous agent uh, which makes decisions by itself and then just wakes up and starts talking to you and just say, hey, Alan, you've been on the phone all day. Why don't you go for a walk? It's really nice sound. <laughs> so that's really the inspiration, a huge problem on one side and a technology opportunity thanks to the advancements of others that allowed us to build this product at this exact time. Oh, that's, that's really cool that it's able to do that. Uh, what, uh, so, so what would you say about um, – I, well, I know you mentioned before that, that you've already had trials or tests of it. How, what are some of the responses you've actually been getting from some of your users in the beta trial? Sure. So the company is just a bit over two years old. We're pretty young. Um, and yes, we entered homes um, in the beginning of this year. And it, it's, it's fascinating. You know, our youngest beta tester is 63 and our oldest is 92. Um, cool. Some of them have an affinity towards technology. Some of them really don't. Some of them are a couple living together. Other are people living by themselves. And as always in a beta program, for, especially for such a new category of product, it's on one side creates a spotlight on all the problems we have with the product. <laughs> and we still have products, that's, we have problems, that's why we're doing a beta. Um, and we're working those, and, you know, every three weeks we improve the product and, and I'm, I'm pretty confident it, it, will, it will be ready um, soon. What I found fascinating is that people totally accepted the agency and the product is developed as a persona. So it's, it's an entity, right? And to hear people that aren't, you know, around the tech sector say, when you ask them, what is LEQ for you after she's been in their home for a month? And they say, well, you know, it's definitely not a human, but it's also definitely not a device or an appliance. It's this new entity in our lives. And to me, when I hear that, it's just like exactly what I want to hear at this point in the, in the company's journey. Um, another beta tester shared with us that when we took uh, LEQ away from maintenance for a couple of days, she really missed her. Um, you see people say good morning to her every day. They all call her a she. They can describe her persona as being um, kind of funny and a little sassy. Um, and the biggest risk I think we had is this whole proactivity thing. Right? We're not used to having technology start talking to us when we're not prepared for it and when we didn't ask for it. So imagine you're sitting in the living room with your spouse and all of a sudden LEQ wakes up and say, hey, do you know the giraffe is the only animal that can lick its own ear with its tongue? Huh, funny. And they love it. <laughs> <laughs> or they're watching TV and she wakes up and says, did you drink water lately? It's really important to be hydrated. And they get up, they pour a glass of water and keep on watching their show like it's a total, totally normal thing to do. So, so to me, that's really, really exciting um, regarding the acceptance of, of the kind of the premise. 
And the other is you see their use of technology because we abstract it and make it intuitive to use and kind of familiar from things that they already have mastered in the past. Um, for example, we, move, we work with Facebook Messenger to allow the family, the grandkids to send messenger messages to, to grandma and then it just pops up on LEQ, she reads them out, she shows them the pictures and solicits a response, right? And you see people that haven't been using social media or haven't been using messaging um, use it and, and get closer to their family in that way. So to me, those are very, very exciting early um, signs. And, and you mentioned a little bit of this earlier, but in, in, getting to the point of, in getting to the point of beta testing, what kind of challenges have you guys encountered in just putting together putting together LEQ in the first place? Uh, many. It's a very complicated product. I mean, from, from a, an industrial design that fits older adults and is familiar and intuitive and, and non-intrusive and doesn't screen technology, right? I mean, it took us a lot of, of testing with older adults to, to create this, this experience and user um, experience and design. She doesn't have a space. She doesn't have eyes, things like that. So in the beginning, um, we, we didn't create the design that works. Um, a lot of it were around the key. Do you know when you need to talk to the system and when um, the system is talking to you? Um, in the beginning, we experimented with beeps. So LEQ would say something and then create a beep and expect the end user to, to answer back. And they just found that super confusing. You could, by the time they responded to the beep and formulate their thoughts, we would already time out and just wasn't intuitive. So we changed the whole feedback system to be using um, light and using um, the gaze of LEQ. But that was, that was um, an interesting learning for us. Um, but there's, there are design challenges. Um, the product moves completely silently, beautifully um, in, um, in low speeds as well. So there was a bunch of hardware challenges there. There are lots of cameras and sensors packed into this thing. And then the, the AI itself, you know, I mean, this hasn't been done before, a system which makes independent decisions, um, decisions and customizes or adapts its own personality towards the personality of somebody in front of her to be more effective at motivating, motivating them to take action. So there are, there are challenges across the board, quite frankly. And so I know LEQ is your, your chief focus, but in general, what would you say are some of the highlights of successes of Intuition's journey? of the company's journey in general so far? Yeah, so in the beginning, um, well, frankly, raising capital was very challenging. Um, usually investors like to see um, one thing new and disruptive in areas that they feel comfortable about. Um, and here, everything is new. The whole concept is new. This whole persona, um, using multimodality, movement, lights, sounds, um, screens and the combination is new. A proactive system is new. Of course, building technology for older adults is completely non-intuitive, and most investors um, had a hard time believing in that. So, so initially, raising our capital was very difficult. I think we were, by and large, successful in doing so, and we're, we're able to raise um, above $22 million today. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Um, while skeptic in, at first, the investor community is definitely backing us um, today and hopefully they'll continue to do that <laughs> um so that so that's a highlight i think um and i think quite frankly realizing this vision right in, in such a short time from a concept to a prototype to now a system that's manufactured in a manufacturing site in china 
in beta as while we're ramping up um, the company, the software, and the manufacturing line. It's been uh, super, super exciting for us. But we realize that uh, you know the proof is in the pudding. So we're anxious to to continue improving the product, get it out the door, and see if people will will value it and buy it and and love it. And so, I, and so, what phase would you say the company is in now? Now, as you say, you you you've raised some capital, you've had some beta testing. I mean, what 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 phase? I guess would you describe yourself as being in now? Yeah, from a from a venture capital perspective, we're between round A and round B. Um, and I think that accurately depicts where we are. So we have a product, but we're pre-commercial phase. We're pre-shipping. Ah, so so right on the cusp then. Um, yeah, it will take a it will take a, a little bit longer. We're we're not in a hurry to to get a product that isn't good enough, but um, but we're making very very fast progress. I'm optimistic. Oh, good. And and let me just ask you in terms of just AI and robotics in general, like how. How have you seen AI and robotics just change throughout the years over these just these past few years? Yeah, no, I think it's fundamental change. I, th- I think on the AI side, I think obviously I'm sure you spoke and, and I heard some of your podcasts. There's a, a lot to be said on why AI is advancing today. But I would venture to say most people, when they talk about AI today, what they really talk about is machine learning and pattern recognition, the ability for a computer to see accurately, to hear as good as a person. And there are lots of advances around deep learning that enable that and and things that have been discussed on on your show in the past. Where I think it's going and evolving now is the so what, right? How do you turn um, all this perception information into decision-making? How do you take these multiple inputs of a machine that can listen and a machine that can see and a machine that can sense and turn that into a machine that can understand context and then can make decisions based on that not with a predefined course, if this, then that, by, by, but actually by applying reasoning. And, um, and that's what excites me about the tech that we're building. But I think um, throughout the different industries, you will see the AI industry moving beyond um, just sensing and perception into these higher levels of AI. <clears throat> as far as robotics, I think most people in the robotic industry have until recently focused more on the actuation. How can we move? How can we navigate and not crash into things? How can we pick up something and not break the egg we're trying to pick up and then put it directly at the right place? And they really care about gears and you know, all the mechanics that need to happen to enable that, which is super important. But I think as the technology is maturing and people are starting to imagine um, robots in use, not just in factories, but but in people's homes and in people's lives, then the part of the persona of the robot starts being super relevant. Um, Think even on the self-driving car, which is essentially a big robot on wheels. So the industry right now is focused on how can it navigate, how will it not crash, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we're now starting to be at the point where people are saying, well, what should the experience be when somebody walks into a self-driving car? Should it greet you? Should it treat you differently when you're with your kids in the car? How about when you come back from, um, you know, a night out? And I think at the end of the day, as humans, interaction really matters to us. And just having a machine that automates things is not the experience we'll ultimately be looking for. I think with autonomy, we're going to expect um, to have the interaction completely different. And I think the industry is going to move in, in that area. And obviously, that's potential for our company beyond our first product. And so, as as you go along with the and you see these advancements in the tech, 
are there any developments that, that are ever mentioned in front of you where you immediately think, well, that's something that couldn't be, may not be able to be done this year, but maybe three to five years out. Like maybe it's too soon for that particular idea to be done today. Sure, sure. I'll give you a, a great one. We keep on being asked by by people, and and you know, with with kind of the first bite, <laughs> people's appetite grows, right? So mm-hmm. they want to be able to to converse with LEQ, for example, and just hold the conversation and tell her about their day or expect her to remember previous conversations about their kids and then, you know, pick that off and say, oh, you know, how was your kid? Is he back from that trip to Australia? How was that? And technology is far away from that, right? I mean, we can understand basic sentences um, and we can actually do what I would call first order of context relatively well as it relates to to NLP, but we can't hold a conversation and we're not really intelligent yet. And I think there's a lot of potential there. I think we will get there as an industry. But it's one of the reasons, for example, that drove us not to have a humanoid design because it will create the wrong expectations. The AI is not as smart as a human. In fact, it really is not that smart today. So that, that's, an, that's an obvious one. I think um, reading emotions, there's a lot of hype around understanding people's emotions through computer vision. But in a world, real-world scenario, when somebody isn't just close to the camera and looking straight at it in great lighting scenarios, but it's kind of just you know, hanging out in the living room when the machine can see them, um, our ability to, to read emotion effectively and then make decisions based on that. So in a way that doesn't change every tenth of a second um, and it's consistent and accurate, I think we're still far away from that. So there, there's definitely a lot more to do that might feel like it's right on the cusp, but on the, on the flip side of it, the advancements of the last few years, I think, took everybody by surprise and happened a lot faster than, than we all thought. So um, I'm, I'm really bullish about this industry. And as you said, I know, of course, LEQ is, is the, the first focus for intuition. But what does the roadmap look like for you guys over the next couple of years? next 18 to 12, 24 months? Yeah, I mean, look, right now we're super focused on this. It's a huge, huge issue. As I mentioned, it's a big challenge. Nobody has done this before. It's a huge market opportunity with somewhere between 20 to 30% of the population becoming older adults in, in most countries, actually, from China to the U.S. Japan is already above 25. Um, the product is only speaking English for now, et cetera. So for now, our focus is uh, executing on this product, executing on go-to-market strategies, uh, bringing it to other com- countries and creating the next generations of those products. At the same time, this combination of, of this AI stack I mentioned to you of getting to context and doing reasoning and adapting behavior of the AI to the individual together with designing a multimodal experience which doesn't just use voice or voice on the screen but also motion and lights and gestures and sound effects all in a highly curated way um, is, is new, right? There are very few products that have actually executed that. So um, that's obviously... Uh, creating opportunities for the company. And as a young startup, uh, we'll continue to assess those and see if, if it warrants us to do more things than just LEQ. In terms of big takeaways or any final thoughts for our listeners, what would you want them to take away from this interview? Well, when, when not this Mother's Day, but when the next Mother's Day comes or when the next holiday comes, you know, think of mom or grandma for a tech product. Don't, don't assume that because they're older, they shouldn't be part of all the tech that's surrounding us and benefit from that. And uh, 
um, I think that that would be a great takeaway. Consider consider all the wonderful things that the older adults in your family can can benefit from using technology in a way that's convenient and comfortable for them. And that's a really cool idea because I was thinking about my own parents, aunts and uncles who are in that age group, and they're kind of intermediate level. You know what I mean? Like they're not completely tech illiterate, but they're not all the way at the edge of everything. They're kind of in the middle. So something like LEQ would be a perfect, that'd be a perfect gift for for them to use, a perfect device for them to use. Like I could picture them using it every single day. I hope so. It would make me happy for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I really do think that, that, that you and your company are on the verge of just something really, really great in terms of when you go wide in the market, like you, you may not be able to keep up with the demand once this thing, once the word gets out. <laughs> so thank you, Alan. One step at a time. In the meantime, we have an active wait list on, on our on our website and we promise first access to people to sign up. And, you know, it's, it's even the small things. Um, consider, for example, how a conversation happens between my kids and, and my parents. So it usually goes something like this. I uh, guilt my kids into calling my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a voice-based conversation, which has a lot of silence because they don't know exactly what to say. And they end up asking grandma, how are you feeling? And neither of them want to talk about her health, you know. But what they really want to do is send them a selfie of their latest art project or a soccer practice or send them, you know, some funny um, emojis and, and a text. Um, and that's just a silly barrier that we have today because that's how younger people communicate as their, as their first kind of in primary um, instinct today. And um, yeah, so that's just one very simple thing that, that's possible when you, when you just bridge the digital divide. It, it gets us uh, waking up in the morning and excited. Oh, and for our audience, let's just give them again the, the best way to get in contact and get more information, the website names, spellings, that kind of thing. Sure. Sure. So the company is Intuition Robotics, and that's easy enough. And the product is LEQ, E-L-L-I-Q. And the website is LEQ.com. And there they can sign up for the wait list and see videos and get in touch with us. We'd love to get their comments. Okay, great. Well, well, thank you, Dor, for coming on to the podcast and giving us all this great information. And and like I said, we, we, we appreciate your time and your expertise. And we look forward to this uh, to this product. Well, like I said, coming out and kind of going wide. Thanks, Alan, for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity 
will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's BlockchainFutureTechExpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.